0: I never used to fear the woods. If anything, I felt safer out there. I grew up out there. I was a boy scout. My family used to take trips really far out in the woods. And I've taken many a solo trip. All that jazz. A true woodsman from birth. I love those little weekend getaways. Just me and nature chilling for a few days. One year... My mother got me bear mace for Christmas. She wanted to make sure I'd be safe if I came across any vicious wild animals while camping all on my lonesome. <laughs> I knew my way around the woods and didn't think I needed it. There was nothing out there I couldn't handle on my own. How wrong I was. Tony and I were about a month into our trip. I had. Always wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail, and Tony was one of those guys who was up for anything. We were, of course, nowhere near finished. But we had gotten into a pretty good routine, and our spirits were high. All in all, we couldn't have asked for a better trip until that one night. I woke up to Tony nudging me awake and... Whispering in as panicked a tone as you can manage a whisper. Hey, you, you're diving food on you, right? Uh, what, man? What, what time is it? it? It sounds like something's out there, and I want to make sure all the food's in the bear bag. I listened as intently as I could. Tony seemed panicked, but he should have known I wouldn't be stupid enough to have food in the tent. I couldn't make out anything besides Tony's own breathing. Just go back to bed. I I don't hear anything. I'm sure it's fine. I'm telling you, I heard something. He still seemed spooked, but after a minute I heard him lay back down. When I woke up in the morning I saw he had put his bear mace right next to his head for easy access. That morning, while packing up, Tony insisted we search around our campsite to see if there were any tracks. Of course, we didn't find any. I teased Tony a bit about waking me up because he had a bad dream, but he kept insisting, despite the complete lack of evidence that something had been there. We came across a few other hikers that day, and without fail, Tony asked them if they had seen any signs of bears in the area. Of course, no one else had seen or heard any bears. Well, no one until that night.
1: Y'all set up camp for the night?
0: Yeah, we had a long day, and someone... I looked at Tony, decided to wake me up last night because he had had a scary dream. He's lying. I heard something.
1: He just slept through it. Funny you should say that. I heard something outside my tent last night. It's probably nothing, but, uh, I don't know. Something about it just seemed off to me. I've heard bears and raccoons before. But this didn't sound like that.
0: Yeah, same. It was weird, but when I woke up, sleeping beauty over here... He gestured to me. It stopped. I guess I scared it away. Hey,
1: I was thinking of making camp soon anyway. Would you guys mind if I set up near you? Normally I like being out here alone, but honestly I got a little spooked last night. Be nice to know there's someone else nearby
0: tony and i looked at each other normally we like to set up kind of far from other camps no particular reason just like the privacy i guess i gave him a little nod yeah i don't think there'd be a problem with that i'm sure it gets a bit odd being out alone in the woods by yourself he looked at me and i shook my head Tony was always up for a trip, but unlike me, he never went out on his own. He thought it wasn't safe. It was a fairly uneventful night. The three of us sat around the fire together. We had built a fire while he was setting up his hammock. We talked about the generic small talk stuff. How far we planned to hike, jobs, hobbies, you know, general polite basics. Mitch said he was a through-hiker, planning to hike the entire trail, start to finish. I don't remember his exact job. Some mid-level bureaucratic job at some mid sized corporation or something like that. I guess he took a sabbatical or something to reconnect with nature. Pretty much exactly what you expect some yuppie to say. Next morning, Tony said he heard the sounds again. He said he didn't try to wake me this time. Didn't want to test my patience, I guess. Mitch fed into Tony's delusions. Now there were two of them, and I was sure they'd egg each other on, and this whole monster-in-the-woods delusion would just keep building in their minds. It was a... Pretty uneventful day of hiking, all in all. We made pretty good time, and I remember taking note of how nice the weather was. Tony and Mitch did a lot of talking, kept speculating about what the noise could be and talking about folk tales about monsters. I kind of tuned them out pretty quick and just focused on the trail. If you've ever done much hiking... You know what I mean. Some sort of meditative nothing-in-your-mind sort of state, reacting to the trail and thinking about where you'll step next. Anyway, yeah, the hike that day was pretty uneventful. That evening, when we were starting to think about stopping for the night, we came across one of those shelters they have. There were already a couple people in it. Well... Four to be exact, not exactly a couple. Tony, being his extroverted self, got to talking to them, which I remember annoyed me at the time. It was getting late, and I wanted to hike on and find a place to settle down. They asked us if we had seen anything weird in the woods. Apparently, one of them had seen some weird shape the other night that spooked them. Of course, this got... Tony talking about the sounds he and Mitch had heard and how Mitch had tagged along for strength in numbers or whatever. Next thing I know, Tony's made some new friends and we're setting up camp with yet more strangers. They seem like a nice enough group. Three of them were apparently recent college grads who decided to take one last big trip together before they all moved around and started jobs. The fourth guy, I think his name was Josh or something like that. It definitely started with a J sound. Anyway, this guy who we'll call Josh had run into them on the trail and decided to stick with them. Kind of like how Mitch had joined us. One of them had brought some marshmallows with them for a surprise treat on their hike and brought them out so we could all toast to our newfound Coalition Against the Unknown, as they called it. I'm not a fan of strangers, but I am a fan of a good roast marshmallow. had a nice time despite myself. Amazing how a little sugar after a long hike can sway your mood. No one heard this alleged entity that night. They joked, or half-joked, that it was a sign their coalition was working. Despite my reluctant induction into this coalition, I warmed up to them. Turns out Josh was an experienced hiker like me, so we spent most of the day talking about equipment, hikes we had taken, stuff like that. He had some fancy micro stove that he said shaved off an ounce and a half of weight. Honestly, I was surprised that a guy like him, who had spent a respectable amount of time on backcountry trails, was buying into this monster in the woods bit. Honestly, thinking back, that was probably the first time I started to think that maybe there really was something out there. Not a monster or anything, but something. It was getting towards late afternoon, early evening. The group was kind of starting to mull over the idea of stopping a little early that day. We had stayed up later than we had planned, feasting on marshmallows. So, we didn't get as much sleep as we would have liked, and thought it might be better not to push ourselves too hard. I, of course, was against the idea in principle, but I didn't argue too hard. I think, subconsciously, I wanted to stop early, too. I was more tired than my pride wanted to let me admit. We didn't end up stopping early that night. Just as the stop early crowd was reaching unanimous agreement, they didn't count my vote. said I was a, quote, curmudgeon. This, and I don't know how to really describe it, a sort of cold vibe kind of fell over us. We all felt this odd sense of uneasiness. Have you ever felt a sense of fear just before something bad has happened? Like, Your subconscious picking up on something you didn't even notice. One time, I was camping alone, and I suddenly felt this terrible feeling and the strong urge to get out of my tent and look around. Just after I climbed out of my tent and just as I was standing up, this huge tree limb fell Right on my tent where I was sleeping. Kind of like that. If you've felt it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, maybe this won't make any sense. Anyway, we all felt this awful uneasiness in the back of our skulls. The sensation running down our spines. The group went absolutely quiet. And without anyone really saying anything, we all kind of stopped. I even checked the side of my bag where I had the bear mace my mom gave me. We kept walking silently, but at a slower pace. About ten minutes later, we went around this bend in the trail that went around one of those giant exposed rock boulder things. Just around the bend, maybe ten, twenty feet off the trail. We saw what was left of a medium-sized brown bear. The thing was completely destroyed. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty disturbing. Parts of it were torn and scattered around. Tony says he saw the liver a few feet away. It was gross, so I'm not going to really go into detail. But I've seen dead animals in the woods I've seen half-eaten deer and piles of bits that poachers or hunters left behind. This didn't look like that. It didn't smell, either. That's a, that's a weird thing to notice, I guess. But I remember thinking how odd it was that it didn't smell. After that, no one was talking about stopping early. We wanted to put distance between us and whatever did that. I tried to reassure people and myself by talking about scavengers and poachers, but no one really said much, and I gave up after a minute or two. Someone said it might have been another bear and we should be loud and make noise so we wouldn't spook it and so it avoid us. Everyone stayed pretty quiet, though. That night, no one talked much. We kind of just sat around the fire silently. I conceded, obviously, to myself, I wasn't going to admit it out loud, that maybe a little bit of a larger group wasn't such a bad idea. Eventually, people went to bed one by one. We had all set up our tents pretty close together that night. I woke up a couple times during the night, and every time I looked over, I could see Tony sitting up. I knew he'd probably be exhausted the next day when we got back on the trail, but I'd be lying if I said seeing him up didn't reassure me at least a little. That morning, there was a dense fog that had rolled in overnight. As soon as he saw me leave my tent, Josh pulled me aside to talk.
2: Sean, you know what we saw yesterday wasn't normal. I've just, I've never seen anything like it.
0: I didn't like this one bit. Listen, I'm not ashamed to admit that by this point, I was spooked. And hearing Josh, the only other person in our group who had spent Anywhere close to as much time in the wilderness as I had, voice, his concern, didn't exactly help me feel better. He must have sensed my unease, or maybe I had just paused too long and he felt that he needed to fill the silence.
2: Listen, man, I can tell you're spooked. If we're both spooked, maybe we shouldn't just brush this off. I just can't shake that feeling I got yesterday before we even saw it. We all got it. I saw you shudder. Noticed you checked your bear spray, too. Josh, what do you want me to say?
0: Yeah, it was a bit off. I'm sure it was nothing. It was probably just, uh... Like, uh... It was probably nothing. Y'all are all acting like there's some crazy beast out there.
2: Do you believe that, Sean? Really? Do you think this is all right?
0: Yeah, it's... fine. Okay,
2: this time, look me in the eye while you say that.
0: Look, Josh, what? what's your point here?
2: I think we should get off the trail for a bit. Take the next access trail and stay in a hostel for a couple of nights. Let whatever's around here move on.
0: Come on, man. You gonna let the trail win? We know what we're doing. We'll be fine.
2: Sean, you seem like a smart guy, and you know your stuff. But this is something odd, and we don't need to play around out here with whatever is going on.
0: I don't know. It seems a bit excessive. A weird feeling in one dead animal. Probably just picked over by coyotes or some poacher or something. You know
2: that's not what happened.
0: Then what happened, Josh? What did that? Y'all got a better theory? scary monster hiding in the woods? I don't
2: know, but it's something I don't want to see. Heck, something I don't want to not see either. Best to give it some space, whatever it was.
0: Josh's little talk had got me wound up. Looking back, I can say it was pride, but at the time, I thought I was going to be the big, brave man who wasn't going to be spooked by some random dead bear. At breakfast, Josh told the group he was going to take the next access trail back into town and spend a few nights, said anyone who wanted to was free to join him. The college kids didn't want to take off. They had a tight schedule, I guess, and they needed to get to their planned stopping point and couldn't spare a few days in town. Tony, of course, said he'd stick with me. Mitch said he'd walk Josh back down the trail and then come back and catch up with us. We hiked slow that day. People said it was so Mitch would have an easier time catching up to us. I don't think that was really the whole truth. With the weirdness the day before and the fog that day... I think people were just tired, or maybe not tired exactly. We were all acting a bit reserved, subdued. It was like we were waiting for something to happen. The calm before the storm, or the quiet patience of waiting for your general to give the command to charge. I didn't tell anyone else at the time. I didn't really believe it myself. But I saw something in the fog that day, when we had stopped for a break. I had walked a little ways off the trail to, um, relieve myself. Not really that far, still in earshot of the group. Didn't want to get lost in the woods, in the fog, or anything. Anyway, while I was walking a bit off the trail, for decency's sake... I thought I saw something out there just standing and watching. It was maybe 20 feet in front of me. I could really only make out a a vague shape through the fog. Couldn't quite make out what it was, but something about it didn't seem right, so I froze in my tracks. At first, I thought it was a air standing up, but it was too thin for that. For a second, I thought maybe it was a sick deer standing on its hind legs. I saw a deer do that once. I think it had one of those prion diseases or something, but this thing was taller than I think a deer would have been, and it looked like it had proper arms. They looked longer than they should have been. I tried to tell myself it was a tree but then I saw it sort of shift on its feet. I just stood there for a moment looking at it and it looking at me. We might have stayed that way forever but someone in the group was calling my name asking if I had gotten lost or eaten. I didn't really reply but... I guess the sound scared whatever was off because it seemed to turn around and walk away, fading into the fog. I decided I didn't need to relieve myself that bad and walked back towards the trail. But I didn't turn around. I kept my eyes on where that that thing had been and walked backwards. Mitch turned up a couple hours after we stopped to set up camp. He said... Josh made into town safely, and then he hoofed it back to try to catch up with us. We all sat around the fire to eat our dinners, but no one talked that much. Except Mitch. He seemed to be in a pretty good mood, joking around with people. Seemed like he was trying to raise people's spirits. He got a chuckle here and there, some polite conversation that died down whenever he stopped carrying it. He was pretty insistent that we needed to cheer all up. all
1: are so gloomy tonight. I know people are tired, but we gotta cheer ourselves up. Who wants to be all depressed in the woods. We're out in nature. Getting back to our roots. The unknown is just part of the experience.
0: I think people are just tired. I don't, I don't think people slept too well after... Slept too well last night. There were general murmurs of agreement in the group. Half-hearted expressions of exhaustion. We sat around the fire in silence for a bit. Despite all the people chiming in about being tired, no one went to bed. I didn't really believe my own words either. I don't think people were tired. Not physically, anyway. After about 15 minutes, which felt more like an hour sitting there in the dark around that dim fire, not to say it wasn't a good-sized fire, mind you. It just seemed as subdued as we were, barely doing anything to light up that cold, foggy night. After about 15 minutes, Mitch got up and went and got a bottle of scotch out of his bag. I don't remember the brand. I think the label had some sort of bird on it. thought it was odd that he just had a bottle of whiskey on him, but... I figured maybe he bought it while he was in town. He said he thought we could use a drink. He argued that it'd cheer us up or help us sleep. Said either way we couldn't lose. I don't remember exactly how he convinced us, but I think at that point some liquor was an easy sell, so he didn't actually need to say much. We all started passing the bottle around. Someone raised the question of spreading germs, but when you're in the woods all day, every day, going who knows how long between a chance to wash yourself, that sort of thing doesn't seem that important. Plus, we figured the alcohol would sterilize itself. People started feeling the effects pretty quick. We joked, asking what was in this stuff. One of those college students, who had done his fair share of drinking, I assume went on this long rant about how alcohol is metabolized and all this stuff that affects how drunk you get i stopped listening to him pretty quickly somehow he was making drinking boring mitch was right though the spirits certainly raised ours by the time the bottle was half gone we were all laughing joking around even sang a couple songs I was even getting into it, which was no small feat. I didn't even drink that much. I like to keep my mind sharp out in the woods, but I was sure feeling the few sips I had taken. We looked like the stereotypical happy campers out of some obnoxious movie. He was also right about it helping us sleep. After about maybe an hour of us carrying on, having a good old time. People started to crash. A couple people got up and went into their tents, but Tony and one of the college kids kind of just laid back on the ground and fell asleep. I was still half asleep, propped up against a log watching the fire. I remember that. I thought I heard something moving in the woods behind me. The booze had got me, though, and... Even when I remembered the figure I had seen in the fog earlier that day, I just didn't really care. Mitch seemed wide awake, though. I saw him go to his bag and grab a couple things, but I couldn't really tell what it was from how I was sitting. It sounded like he was tapping on people's tents, asking if they were awake or something. I didn't really think anything of it until he went over by Tony and gave them a little kick with his foot. It seemed kind of rude. I tried to tell him they were asleep, but when I tried to speak, all I got out was a weak, half-hearted sound. He looked over at me and gave me a little thumbs up. He squatted down next to Tony and started doing something around his ankles. Again, I Tried to ask him what he was doing, but I couldn't get the words out. Just a, hey. This time, when he looked at me, he just kind of stared. Like he was annoyed. He had a blank expression on his face. The sort of blank expression mixed with the flickering light of the fire gave him this ghoulish look. I tried to sit up straight, but I barely budged. He let a long sigh and then looked back down on Tony. He finished what he was doing and stood up and started walking over me. At this point, I was freaking out. I was trying to sit up or ask him what he was doing, but I just could not move. He kept walking over towards me. It felt like he was barely moving, slowly closing the gap over the course of an eternity. I guess that was the adrenaline. He got real close and stooped over, his lips pretty much touching my ear. How'd you enjoy your whiskey, Sean? I think he took my silence to mean I couldn't talk, which might have been true. But truth be told, I didn't even try to answer. I was like a deer in the headlights as I sat there listening. I thought
1: you might still be awake. Josh didn't sleep very well either. Y'all two are, well, you are, a pretty strong one.
0: He took a step back and bent down by my feet. He was tying them together. I have to say, he tied it fairly tight, and the knot was good, but it wasn't overly tight. What a gentleman.
1: You know... I was planning to share that special little bottle with you and Tony that first night, but I thought Tony's monster story was so fun, so I thought I'd play along.
0: He was pulling one of those large belt knives from its sheath to cut the cord he had tied my legs with. It looked dull in the firelight. I was hoping it just had one of those protective finishes on it, but the pattern didn't look consistent.
1: I suppose it's best to start with you and Tony, since I found you first. Well, I guess that'd be ignoring Josh, but what can you do? Couldn't have been avoided. He was leaving before the mont. He would have missed out on the fun.
0: By this point, he was tying my hands together. Figured this was the only shot I was going to get. I decided that when he went to cut the extra cord off after he was done... I was going to try to push him over and grab the knife. I was still high on adrenaline, so it felt like I had a shot. When my moment came, I lunged at him. It took everything I had, and I probably looked like a drunk toddler, but I managed to kind of shoulder him and accidentally banged my skull against his. This did knock him over, since... He was bent over trying to work on the restraint, but that was all it did. He held on to his knife. I tried to get to my feet. I guess I was going to jump on top of him or something. I didn't really have a plan. I got about halfway up, but between the hit to the head, I had just gotten and Whatever he drugged us with, all I did was get about halfway up before my muscles gave up and I fell face forward into the dirt. Fair enough,
1: Sean. Fair enough. Can't blame you. I'd do the exact same thing in your place.
0: He grabbed me by the arm and rolled me onto my back. For a second, he just looked down on me, smiling. Isn't it nice
1: to connect with our roots? People are too soft now. Back in the day, every man was out for himself. He protected himself with his wits, or bronze, and took what he wanted. With the saying, When I heard y'all were afraid of some noises in the woods, I knew you guys wouldn't pose that much of a challenge. The way y'all got so scared after seeing one dead animal. Of course there aren't monsters out here. There's no such thing. The idea of monsters was made up to frighten or justify the weak. Tell them that strength was bad, monstrous. Make them feel better about their weakness. Not to say that you in particular are weak, Sean. Not at all. If anything, you seem to be on the stronger side. But you didn't learn to be cautious enough. It won't matter at this point, but you're safer on your own out here.
0: I pretty much thought I was a goner. He just stood over me holding that knife. By now, from this angle, I was pretty sure it had blood on it. He grabbed me by the hair and pulled me up into more of a sitting position, with him standing behind me. I could feel him resting the point of the knife on my shoulder. It stung a little, but between the drugs and adrenaline, it didn't hurt as much as you'd think it would. Well, Sean, I guess this is farewell. A loud crash in the woods started both of us. Sounded like a large tree branch hitting the ground, which was weird because it was so still that night. After a moment, he started to talk again. I assumed finishing whatever it was he was about to say. I was so focused on the woods that I guess I tuned him out. I started to get that weird feeling again. Maybe it was the adrenaline wearing off or something, but I felt a chill in my bones and that same weird feeling i had earlier when i left the trail i thought i heard something moving in the woods as i felt mitch take the knife off my shoulder and press it against my neck i remember thinking that i thought the knife would be colder mitch was toying with me drawing the knife back and forth pressing a little harder each time like he didn't know how much force it was going to take but he I didn't want to overdo it. I just listened, trying to hear whatever it was in the woods. Now, you have to remember, I was pretty drugged at the time, and it was pretty foggy out, but just as Mitch seemed to break the skin and little drops of blood were forming here and there along the thin cut, I thought I saw that figure from earlier. Standing in the woods, the direction the sound had come from, Mitch had filled me with terror. He got my blood pumping, and every ounce of adrenaline I had was dumped into my veins. That thing had the opposite effect. It was like my heart stopped beating. My mind stopped racing. Mitch had filled me with terror, but whatever... I experienced looking at that thing was like it had emptied my soul, hollowed me out and filled me with ice. It started walking towards us with its wrong shape and the way its shoulders swayed side to side at a terribly slow pace. I didn't look at its face once i was sure it was coming towards me i closed my eyes and looked at the ground i felt mitch's knife stop moving as he froze literally and figuratively as the coldest dampest air i've ever felt surrounded us oh i didn't say a word I heard Mitch let out a yelp as it felt like he was pulling my hair up and forwards, dragging me along for a moment until he lost his grip. I was still weak, and I don't think I would have moved even if I wasn't. So I fell forward as he let me go. I watched the back of the figure as it walked into the woods. It was holding Mitch by his head over its shoulder. Mitch didn't seem to be moving anymore.